If the gospel is not the way of salvation, it is not a way of salvation. And we're not just dogmatic about this, we are bull dogmatic about this. sink your teeth into scripture and get a bulldog grip on this truth? Listen on some doctrine and get bulldogmatic. Here is your host. The goal of the service, regardless of what preaching style, what musical style, is to worship and draw closer to and be conformed to the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. How many people approach worship that way? It's for some, it's a show, they get entertained, and they go home. For some, it's an awful duty. It's like going to the dentist, you know. Uh, I was saved in a Pentecostal community, and it was not unusual to have a service where the emotions of the service got to be so great that we never preached the word. And you would hear people say, man, God moved tonight. We never even got to the preaching. As if that was a good thing. You, you come together to hear God's word proclaimed and expounded right. and exposited. And when we say, boy, we didn't have to listen to the preaching. Maybe you need a new preacher. I mean, maybe he can't get the job done. Or maybe you're going for the wrong reasons. And you've just, you've just turned this worship service into just about me. It's all about me. And if it ain't about me, I'm not coming. And and so you just those are some of the concerns that that I think we need to reflect upon when we talk about you get a glorified body. It's a body just like Jesus's. Mm -hmm. And the implication is that we will have a spiritual devotion that we are incapable of now. And what is that devotion? The Father's will and pleasure. Right. So would it be fair, I guess, to, to, to say, this thought crossed my mind too, if someone asked you, what is heaven like? Would it be fair to say, well, as you grow more and more like Christ, because in our glorified body, we're going to be like him, right? In every so sense. So the more we know about Christ, the more we're going to know what heaven is going to be like. Is that fair? That would, yeah, that's a fair. Now, it probably needs to be unpacked some, but yeah, it's a fair assessment. Mm -hmm. If heaven if, if heaven is about being like Christ, and Christ is about glorifying the Father, right. then heaven will be about glorifying God. Right. Uh, so I, I understand, and I just want to say for the people listening, we're not experts in heavenology. No. But... But I do think a lot of the books written about heaven, uh, they they just fail to recognize. So the Bible really doesn't say much. There is a great deal of speculation right. that we have to entertain with respect to uh, with respect to heaven. We we may not know exactly what everything's going to be like in heaven, but one thing I know is I want to be there. I want uh, with to be Christ. There. I want, I want to be, to be with yeah. Christ. I want to be so, there. And I well, we've gone down a lot of rabbit trails a little bit with that. Uh, I was thinking we might. One. We, Maybe we ought to move on a little bit because now we may have uh, uh, generated a lot of questions out there. Right. So if you have a question, uh, send it in the comments or 
find out our contact information, which is, you can find that fairly easy. If not, you just go to the uh, podcast website, which is listed, uh, and send us your questions. We'd be happy to yeah. even answer it uh, either by email or we might answer it on a podcast. On a podcast, yeah. Right, yeah. depending on what the question is. I thought I so, thought a while ago we might change the name of the podcast to Ramblings. Right. Ramblings. <laughs> you know, uh, this is a, beards. Yeah, this is a rambling <laughs> we, episode where right. we're just going to talk I mean, about anything. Yeah, anything. Uh, so, so the beer, bearded ramblers. <laughs> that that give, might yeah, be good. yeah, the bearded bulldogs are <laughs> rambling around the neighborhood. <laughs> right. So, uh, we have fun. Yes, we do. We do. It's and I'm sure, I'm sure that a lot of people listening are are intrigued by some of the points we make. Yeah. Because they, they are questions that people are asking and they are. They are significant and serious questions that we just always want to point people to Christ and say, exactly, you yes. know, uh, you know, make sure what you believe is coming from Scripture. Mm-hmm. That's and come to Christ. Thing. If yeah. you're not a Christian, come to Christ. Come to Christ. And that's the important thing. Uh, and, of course, anybody that says that it's not fun to be a Christian, <laughs> they're totally wrong. We're having a, we're <laughs> we're having having a ball. Yeah. We we're get together and talk about Christ. Uh, what enjoyable, how enjoyable is that? Yeah. There's that, nothing better. Well, let's move on. He, he, he talks about the resurrection and he quotes Colossians 1 27, which reads, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you talked about hope, uh, before, which is very important, uh, to Christians. So, but when you think about it, Pastor, without the cross, uh, there could be no re- resurrection right. at all. No. And uh, without the resurrection, there's no Christianity. Right. With no Christianity, there's no Christian life. No. At all. So right. it all goes back to what Jesus did, uh, at, at the cross. Right. And that what is what gives us the hope of glory. The hope right? of glory, yes. So you know, when Paul talks about that, let's go take that just a moment. Uh, in Titus chapter 2, Paul says, the, the, we, we look for the blessed hope, the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Right. He's always ta- obviously talking about the return of Christ, okay? Mm-hmm. But what makes it a blessed hope? It again, we touched on it last week. It's not because I no longer have to worry about how I'm going to pay my bills. It's not because I don't have to worry about whether there's going to be a nuclear war. It's not because I have to worry about whether there's going to be another COVID or a virus outbreak like that. It's mm-hmm. that I'm going to be freed from this life and I'm going to spend eternity with God. That's the hope. That's the hope. It's not just a futile, well, I'll solve a few problems. It's a, I get to be with my Father forever. Amen. That is, that's incredible. Well, also, as we look at the resurrection, just as heaven, if we want to know what heaven's like, we look to Christ. If we want to know what our resurrection is going to be like, we look to Christ in his resurrection. And uh, Dr. Ferguson goes on and he says, because Jesus lives in resurrection power, there's a power to the resurrection that uh, a lot of people don't understand or think about. Maybe. Right. maybe they understand it, but it doesn't come to mind that often, except maybe at Easter time. Um, he quotes Romans 1, 4, which reads, And was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. 
in Romans 6, verses 8 through 10. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he gives, he lives to God. So in glorification, we live. We're living. Um, do we live to God the way he says that Christ in his life, he lives yeah, not, that, that's and where, how does that work out? Well, that's where I would go back to without diminishing any of the other things about heaven. Okay. So here's perhaps a way we could explain it. Anything other than us glorifying, worshiping, serving, loving God through eternity. Anything else is an add on. Okay. Right. It's going to be, Oh, Oh, that's cool. We got that as well. Yeah. But this is the main thing. Uh, you know, this that's is the like, main thing. That's like gravy on the taters. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's but we're, right. still having, we're still having fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's an add-on. But, but yeah, he, the life he lives to God, we will be living that same kind of life right. to God throughout eternity. Amen. Now, there are scriptures that convey the sense of different aspects of service, and we will get great joy out of serving God in that way. But again, the focus is always and completely upon God and his glory right. throughout eternity. Yes. Well, he quotes Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, which reads, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorified body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So he not only has the, the power to change our bodies, he has the power to make everything in subject to himself. Right. right. Um, uh, that's unlimited. That's yeah. what I call unlimited. Absolutely. Power, uh, yeah. power. So what does it mean uh, for us to have citizenship in heaven? What does that well, mean to us? Well, Paul is using analogies from his own time. Paul was a citizen of the Roman Empire. Right. Everyone wasn't a citizen of the Roman Empire. Paul was, and they gave him certain privileges. Mm -hmm. And he's saying that we're citizens of heaven, and therefore we have privileges others do not have. Right. Now, I, I want to go off on a different train here, but uh, this is something I think has been lost as well in the American church. Christians are different than the world, mm -hmm. and we are supposed to be different from the world Yes, because we have privileges the world does not have. Paul has citizenship in Rome, and that meant when they they whipped him one time, mm -hmm. and then they found out he was a citizen, boy, they started scurrying because you mm -hmm. you can't whip a citizen who's not been tried properly. Right. Uh, and so this was a this was a privilege. And what we've done in America, I'm afraid, is we've we've just kind of made everybody a Christian. Mm -hmm. You say you believe you're a Christian, bingo. And then we tell them to pray. We tell them you're going to heaven. We tell them God loves them. Go back to that passage in First John. Beloved, behold, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us right. that we should be called the sons of God. Implication, 
Everybody is not a son of God. And so this is part of that whole idea of citizenship in heaven. We have benefits as people of God. The world does not have. And we should quit telling them they do have them. Yes. Because I, I mentioned this the other Wednesday night, I think. If the world already has what we have as Christians, why should they become Christians? Exactly. We have nothing to offer. We, we say, okay, God loves you, and he loves you the way you are, and he, he will never for, stop loving you. Now come on, be a Christian. And they say, wait a minute. You just told me I've got all the things you Christians claim to have. Why, mm. why should I bother? And so that's an important consideration, I think, with that connotation. And might I point out, <laughs> and I'm an awful person in this respect, that that phrase that most people just read through and pass over and never think twice about, our citizenship is in heaven. Unpack that. Mm-hmm. Unpack that. And see all the implications of that when, you, when you're tempted to say, I've heard it all before. I've been in church all my life. Unpack that and, and see what's there. Incredible. He goes on and talks about the transformation or the change. Romans eight twenty nine. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So you talked about before that uh, sometimes this verse is equated with sanctification. Um, and Dr. Ferguson is, is talking about that it's also, or it's talking about glorification. Right. So is it talking about sanctification, glorification, yeah. or is it talking about both? It's talking, it's talking about both. And if what we have to do is tie several passages of scripture together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, if you go to Ephesians chapter one, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless in his sight. Mm-hmm. So it's the same concept. We are to be conformed to the image of Christ in this life, but the full ultimate conformity is when we receive the glorified body. So they're both part of, and parcel of that, okay? They're both part of it. I am to live a life committed to Christ and, and going through the process of sanctification, mm-hmm. which is capped off with the glorification, the resurrection of the new body. In that, then I am progressing in my growing into the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. And at the resurrection, that process is completed. But the, the conformity is both present tense and future tense. Mm-hmm. See? And that's where people miss it a, a lot. They right. just see it in either in the sense of the resurrection or the sense of trying to live uh, uh, in, in righteousness, instead of seeing both of them, they're 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 uh, they're inclusive. Okay, it's not right. one or the other; it's both. Right. And, and so, I think you said once before that that something along these lines that when you become a Christian, when you're saved, you are changed. As we're being, as we grow in Christ, as we're being sanctified, we're being changed. Right. And when we're glorified. We're changed forever. Exactly. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the, the, the analogy actually says we are saved. We were saved when we put our faith in Christ. We are being saved through the work of the Spirit day by day. Right. And we will be saved 
in the resurrection in the sense that the, that's the consummation of the fullness of it. Right. And for those who are interested, Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about the body, the whole creation is travailing together for the appearing of the sons of God. And he says, we also uh, are, are yearning for this. And then he says, we are saved in this hope. And then he goes on to say, but hope that isn't seen, the reason you're hoping for it, it hasn't happened yet. So, right. well, what are you talking about? We're already saved. He's talking about the consummation of our salvation when we get that glorified body. Amen. So it's we're in process. We're in process now, and the process is moving us toward that day of, of resurrection and uh, the new body that finishes what God started. Dr. Ferguson goes on, he says it's like a seed that's been planted. And he quotes 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 36, which reads, But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Which I think we've asked that. It says, you foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Now, Pastor, we live in a different time now, you and I, I guess. Um, you're younger than I am, but I grew up in a time when most families had a garden. Right. My, my dad had a garden, always had a garden in the backyard. So we grew up, we knew how seeds worked. And, and of course, children are, uh, I mean, everyone should be taught that in school. I don't know what they're teaching in school now, but they should be taught that in school. But how do we explain this to like the younger generation or someone that doesn't know about agriculture well it's it, it it's simple and, it, and it's just as simple as here's a seed plant that seed and see what happens mm-hmm. you get you you plant a, you plant a piece of corn and that you don't you don't get a bunch of little corn pieces growing out you get right. a corn stalk that has the ears and on the ears are those little things mm-hmm. and it's that kind of consideration you plant uh whatever the seed is it's the, the the plant that grows doesn't look like the seed right away. I, I mean, an oak tree, right. an acorn looks nothing like an oak tree. Right. So that's the difference. That's the point. What you planted looks is looks nothing like what you're going to have. And and the point Paul is trying to make again because Jesus had a glorified body, but he was still recognizable. He hid himself from people uh, after the resurrection for various purposes or kept them from recognizing him, however the case might be. But the point is that the body Christ had after his resurrection was uh, completely different. I'm looking for a better word. Completely is not strong enough. Mm -hmm. It was uh, completely different from the body in the sense that he could come and go. He could appear at will. He could disappear. He could pass through he could pass. There's debate about this in John's Gospel, where it says the doors were shut, and he and he uh, and he was in the midst of them uh-huh. because somebody suggested, well, he slipped in before they locked the doors. I don't right. think that's the point. Right. Uh, he disappeared uh, from the, the the disciples on the Emmaus Road. He disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they didn't recognize him at first, and then when they did recognize him, he disappeared. He vanished. Right. So his body is completely different. From what it was before the resurrection. This is the point Paul's making. Dr. Ferguson goes on, Pastor, and he talks about our bodies are going to be different. 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44 reads, So it is with the resurrection of the dead. 
What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So the question I have is, when we are glorified, are we going to have a natural body? Or are we going to have a physical body? Or are we going to have a spiritual? Okay, body? so it has to be a. It has to be a obviously spiritual in the sense that it cannot be affected by death and everything. Right. But it's got to be a physical body in in a sense, a glorified physical body. And the reason we say that is because when Jesus appeared in the room, he says, "Give me a honeycomb." Give me some fish, mm-hmm. and and you'll you'll see a, a flesh and a, a, a ghost doesn't eat when right. he sets down with the, the disciples of Emmaus. It isn't until he breaks the bread that they recognize him and he disappears. Well, we're not told whether he ate anything before that. Uh, Jesus says at the communion institution of the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. he said, "I will not drink of the vine again until." I drink it with you in that day in my Father's kingdom. Implication that his physical body, he's his glorified body, he's going to be able to sit down and drink and eat. Okay, mm-hmm. so so that's part of the the challenge of of describing that it is a spiritual body in the sense that it is not bound to the constraints of a strictly physical world such as ours, but it transcends a purely physical body, it transcends a purely spiritual body because the two things come together. Right. So it's it's like uh, what we would call a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. If we, you know, it's not probably. (laughs) For lack of a better word. Right. We can use that term. Yeah. Yeah, People understand that because of the things with electric cars and things that are going on is is a switchover. Right. There is a switchover. But. Bad analogy, probably. But anyway, let's let's go on. He, Doctor Ferguson says the body belongs to a different order, a heavenly order. And First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty one through fifty four reads: Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trump trumpet will sound, and the dead will raise imperishable. And we shall be changed. For this perishable body, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. So, Pastor, verse uh, 53 says that we must put on the imperishable. So, can anyone enter into heaven without being glorified no, first? No, no, and that's part of the, that's part of the complexities of, of when we say people are in heaven now. Uh, they're not there in a physical body. Right. The idea that your spirit or soul resembles your, your body is... Philosophical question. We don't really have scripture that says that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are passages that infer it. Okay. Right. Uh, but there's no clear 
example of of that. But to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Is to be present. Our spirits spirits are are with the Lord. Right. But what does what do those spirits look like? Mm -hmm. Because they're disembodied spirits, you see. And and this is why Paul says we desire to have the body again. Exactly. So you you get into there's a whole lot of of of, uh, rambling and speculation you could do there, but. You know we have to be we have to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor, at Easter time, we always uh, say that we quote the verse that says, "Oh death, where is your sting?" So, at the resurrection of, of Jesus, the sting of death was taken away, but at the resurrection of of Christians. Uh, It'll come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. So that's the, the resurrection of, of the Christians is the ultimate victory right. over, right. over death. I was, so, I was, I was going to say, when we say the sting of death, we, we have to make sure we qualify all these kind of statements. Right. Because death does have a sting. Mm-hmm. It still has a sting for us. Mm-hmm. We still miss our loved ones. We're still hurt when they're killed. Uh, uh, you know, accidentally, all of a sudden, a surprise. We we hurt whenever we see uh, situations where people are dying and and don't need to die or, or what have you. So there still is a sting of death, but the the sting has been lessened for the Christian mm-hmm. because the Christian now knows that this is not the end of life. It is the beginning. And I stress again, the Christian. Right. Because this is one of the things that I think we have allowed the world to co-op. Everybody goes to a better place when they die. That's not Christian teaching. To be continued, we will continue this conversation in the next episode. And it keeps getting more and more interesting. Be sure to like and share this with your friends, and be sure to subscribe to our channel. Thanks for listening.